0: what up y'all welcome back to the pick and roll podcast on another episode of indian analysis today we're talking about the brooklyn nets i'm your co-host alan j Pandian, and we got the interim co-host coach kyle curry and then we got a special guest mr jackson shelby how are you guys doing today
1: i was really hoping i was not going to say the what up y'all since i was going to <laughs> say, hey <laughs> Go <ahead. laughs> Shelf, how are you doing today?
0: Pretty good. First appearance on the Pick and Roll podcast.
2: First appearance, yes sir. It's
0: long overdue, long overdue. So let's just dive right into the Brooklyn Nets. They were the seventh seed in the East, 44 and 38. And obviously we could easily get into the numbers and the on-court stuff, but we're gonna focus more on the outside headlines. We're gonna focus a little bit on the on-court stuff, but we're gonna talk a lot more about the big headlines. Yeah. we're just going to start with the primary rotation, as we always do. They had Kyrie Irving at point guard, Seth Curry, Bruce Brown, Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton. That was their starting five. And then they had Goran Dragic off the bench, Patty Mills. Joe Harris was injured, so they had Cam Thomas, DeAndre Bemery Darren Sharp kind of yeah. play that role. And then James Johnson and Andre Drummond, along with Blake Griffin at that center kind of spot. So, Shelb, I'm going to pass it to you. What you, what you kind of think of their lineup, just just for initial thoughts?
2: Um... You know, obviously they have big names like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But I think one of the biggest unknowns about the Nets is what Ben Simmons is going to do next year. So honestly, I think if Ben Simmons decides to play, this can be a really good team, obviously, and potentially a championship-winning team. But the thing with Ben Simmons is you don't really know. So one of the things about the Nets is that they don't really have a defense at all. So I think if you bring Ben Simmons in, Obviously he's a great defensive player and he can guard one through five basically. So I think if you bring him in and potentially a few other defenders that we can get, I mean, I think that solves most of the problems that they have.
0: And kind of of going with that, they only had like three to four plus defenders. That was including Ben Simmons. And that kind of also speaks to their depth. and. Um, obviously, they they're very star aligned in Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. With Kyrie being out half the season, their regular season stats weren't as good as they could have been. But just looking at playoff stats, when Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving were not on the court, their all, their net rating, the nets net rating dropped by nearly 10 points, which mm-hmm. was which is like a, a tremendous loss with, without having either of them on the court. So um, they had Patty Mills, Goran Dragic, and. Um, Joe Harris who was injured, but those two and um uh, Andre Drummond off the bench, they they none of those guys are really plus defenders. They can all score in some way, shape, or form and they can all do something that kind of makes them valuable, but they're not super like they're not really a six man role or a good defender. So um I kinda wanna talk pass it to Coach Curry. You have any, any thoughts about their lineup? Uh
1: I, I think that they were they were they needed a strong presence, um, like 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 Shelb said, like they're they got big names. Like their roster to me wasn't in question. Even last year, they were built like a championship team. Um, the biggest question before all the COVID stuff, before Kyrie was or before Kyrie, you know, wasn't playing. The question was, can can Steve Nash coach the team? Um, and then coming into last year with COVID and Kyrie, and then James Harden um it there was i don't know what what was in the water in brooklyn but it this is another year like the third year in a row where it's not going to be about basketball for the Nets. like where are these guys heads at? like where can 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 steve nash get control of the team is kyrie going to be committed to the team does kevin durant want to be there what's up with ben simmons at all is james uh not james joe joe harris is he gonna be able to hit a shot like even when he was playing he um, couldn't hit a shot the last, uh, not not this past season, but the, the last time he was in the playoffs against the Bucks, mm-hmm. where they were saying, well, this, this guy is supposed to be a 40% shooter, supposed to be an X factor. Can he hit a shot? So when he comes back, you know, does Patty Mills have a lot left in the tank? You know, um, they they got, I know you're going to touch on this a little bit later, but they have, uh, you know, a couple more guys they got. But I think the questions are always going to be like, who's going to be on the floor and can the guy who's supposed to be running the show, you know, on the bench and in the locker room, can he handle that responsibility?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, kind of building off of that. The Nets, their offense was mainly give the ball to Kevin and Kyrie and let them go score. And, clear out. Yeah, clear out pretty much. So um, I, I looked up some stats, and over 16% of the plays were isolation plays, which if you think about it, kind of the plays kind of deteriorate this is just like just straight up iso from from the start of the possession it's just straight up iso if you think about it they may run pistol action into an isolation and that is not included in this percentage so it may be even like 50% or 40% isos just for Kevin and Kay, or Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving so that the 60% of isos were just d- designed plays from the start and they ranked third in the league but they only ranked 16th in field goal percentage and that kind of speaks to the lack of creativity per se with Steve Nash's coaching style and I know we're going to get into this but I just don't think Steve Nash is the right coach for the Brooklyn Nets right now. He he doesn't have the respect of the locker room. He's not the best coach in, in terms of calling plays and managing the game and just kind of yeah, managing the game is the best way to put that. But. Um, so I think maybe maybe we'll talk about this later, obviously. Maybe moving off him might be the best decision for the Nets going forward. So let's talk about the off court issues and let's just say address address the elephant in the room, Katie's trade request and yeah. recently he just um, put some ultimatums on the Nets uh ownership, Josai. He asked that if he said that if he wants to return to if he wants if Josiah wants him to come back to Brooklyn, they have to fire Sean Marks, the GM and Steve Nash, the head coach. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Shelb. What you What do you think of that?
2: Honestly, I think I think they should do it. I think keeping Kevin Durant is worth it. Trying to build a team around him, trying to get some depth to go with him. I think they can make it into a great team.
1: I mean, the the sad reality of the NBA is that, like Shelb said, it, it it's worth it. You give up a coach. Coaches are honestly a dime a dozen. Cause at the end of the day, there aren't gonna be. Too many more players in history of basketball, you know, on the planet, that are going to be as good and as as talented as Kevin Durant. You're not going to have another guy uh, who's seven feet tall. Bill Simmons, uh, he Bill Simmons. Uh, Bill Simmons uh, he has a quote that says, uh, four, four quarters don't equal a dollar," and mm-hmm. in, um, in professional sports, so, it means you have a player. That's that talented that he can be that dollar. Like, even if you get, you know, four special players that can that you think can equal him, they're not gonna they're not touching. So to give him up, like you're not gonna get another one back. So I think it's something you really gotta consider.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose this guy this situation to you guys. So let's say, so we've seen that Brooklyn does hasn't like accepted any trade offers as of as of late for Kevin Durant. What happens if, let's say, they don't fire uh, Sean Marks and Josiah, and they don't trade Kevin Durant. What do you think will happen? Do you think KD going to sit out the next season? Or how how do you think KD will react to the information?
2: I mean, I don't think KD is going to pull a Ben Simmons and just sit out. But he definitely won't want to be there, and I don't think he'll definitely be putting everything he has into the team. I think he'll probably try to figure a way out or something. I don't know.
1: I think we saw we saw um, a couple seasons ago, and even last year, that players can to not play can quit on a team while still playing. Um, we watched James Harden do it in in um, I wanted to say Kentucky. I don't know why Kentucky in yeah, Houston. <laughs> we saw James Harden do it in Houston. Um, where he was still playing. He didn't sit out, he didn't fake an injury, but you saw when he was out there, like he clearly wasn't in shape, clearly wasn't focused. He had a game or two where he came out and said, Yep, I could still do this. And I'm not going to because I don't want to be here for the next few games. And then in Brooklyn, we saw again him coming out of shape, you know, and obviously not be the player that that we that he probably could have and should have been. Um, I don't necessarily see Kevin Durant sitting out, but I could definitely see him maybe doing something like that like he said he loves to hoop. So I think he would still play, but giving it 100%, uh who knows.
0: Going off that James Harden point, we saw him quit on the season and a lot of that was to do with Kyrie and the vaccine and everything. So I kind of want to talk about Kyrie a little bit like so he al- he also requested to not a, not a request a trade, but he wanted to move, get get out of Brooklyn. But then he picked up his player option surprisingly, and is looking to stay in Brooklyn. And he's just kind of flip flopping all over the place. What do you guys? Well, we're gonna get obviously we're gonna get into the trades and everything later. But what do you guys think is the best situation for Kyrie? Let's say he's fired Sean Marks and Steve Nash and KD stays. What do you think the best situation for Kyrie is that?
2: I mean, Kyrie is just so unpredictable. I don't think there's really like a an answer to whether to like what he's going to do this season. So like say KD stays, I think Kyrie could either take that as a, you know, let me get out of here so I can do my own thing. Kind of like he did with LeBron on the Cavs Yeah. or he could kind of accept the role of being kind of the next best player again, like with LeBron on the Cavs. So, I mean, he's just so unpredictable. I don't really know which, which one of those he would pick. That, That I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like there's, who knows? Like you said,
1: he 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 wasn't going to play for the Nets. And then next thing you know, he's picking up his options like who mm-hmm. knows is it, he has made it. And sometimes I think he actually does this on purpose so that people can't really tell what he's going to do. Um, but right now, his only options, they say, are playing for the Nets or, um, you know, getting traded to the Lakers. He can't control that because the Lakers supposedly are the only team that want him. Um, and I don't think they want to let him walk for nothing. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing is, if they trade him to the Lakers, like, what are they going to get back? Is that something they want? Um, mm-hmm. And with with Kevin Durant right now requesting this trade and putting all this pressure on him, are they going to risk trading Kyrie? Because if they trade Kyrie, then you never know. That, that's Kevin Durant's guy. Is he really is he going to want to be there at all at that point? He, he might. Maybe he does sit out. We don't know. But, you know, taking things away from him that, you know, he wants. Um, uh, supposedly, today, part of why Kevin Durant part of why he requested that trade because uh, an assistant coach that was a good friend of Kevin Durant, she's been with him since OKC, um, w- was fired by the Nets. So, are you going to, you know, in essence, fire another guy that could potentially keep Kevin Durant happy and keep him there? I personally think the best place for Kyrie right now is the Nets. I think he owes it to Brooklyn to come in and play this season. Be stay healthy. Keep his mind right. They have so much talent on that roster that if he has one good or great season, if they do all, can be forgiven. Um, mm. I, obviously, everything wasn't his fault last year, but this is your year. There's no more vaccine mandate. You're able to play, so now come out and show that you're willing to do it. I think that's going to be the best situation for him.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with that for sure. Let's move on to some off-season talk. First of all, let's look at their salaries. And off the bat, there's not really many salary issues. If I would say the only one is Joe Harris and if he comes back and he's like like you said He's not he's like how he played against the Bucks last season in the playoffs if he is kind of Missing a lot of shots. He's not in shape and he's just not his old self He's making 17 million a year, So maybe they have to move off of him and trying to find another shooter or another player who can replace him And then I would also like to say maybe Ben Simmons Who's making 30 plus billion dollars a year and he didn't play a game last season for the Nets, so does he get moved? And and there obviously like you've seen it, if you watch the past episodes, we 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 pretty much have Ben Simmons as a trade option for every team. So. Oh, he fits
1: so many places, Alex. I, mm.
0: <laughs> so he he could he yeah hundred percent he could definitely fit in a, a, almost any system as that that point guard facilitator role or that or that elite defender. So if he if he plays for Brooklyn, I think that team would be the the Nets would be very a very good team like Shelb said in the beginning. Starting with free agency. Uh, let's go with what who they resigned. They resigned Nick Claxton, Kessler, Edwards. They resigned Kyrie as player option. They resigned Patty Mills, Lamarcus Aldridge, and they have yet to resign uh, David Duke Jr. or Blake Griffin. But losing those two are not huge losses, and they may they'll probably resign Blake Griffin if nobody else offers him. They'll probably give him the qualifying offer. So they did lose Bruce Brown though, who is one of the plus defenders on that team. Though he couldn't stretch the floor. That kind of, I, th- I think that kind of hurts.
1: I think losing Bruce Brown, it, it it hurts a little bit. I also think that at Bruce Brown's size, um, mm-hmm. sometimes it hurts. You know, when you got obviously Kyrie's going to get the ball with minutes. In
0: addition to losing Bruce Brown, the Nets also lost Andre Drummond, but they did sign T.J. Warren.
2: The thing about T.J. Warren is, he's shown that he's a great player. Like in the bubble, he had mm-hmm. fifty point game, but uh, it's just a matter of if he's actually going to consistently play like that or if that was kind of just like a one time thing. So, we'll see what he can do this season. I think that uh like
1: Shaq just said him having like the 50 point game in the bubble that shows that he has the ability to do that, which I mean, if he if he can come off with that, not that he needs to score 50 points, but I think on this particular team with the talent that he has, he's going to be a fourth or fifth option. So, if he can give them even, you know, 15 a night, and every now and then give them 20, you know, a couple times a year, give them 30. You know, we know that that's there. So I think that's going to help, you know. So you replace, like you said, you lost Bruce Brown. You replace Bruce Brown with T.J. Warren and Ben Simmons. I don't know who's on the roster last year, but who's playing this year. You know, I think, though, especially now um, for a guy like T.J. Warren to have Ben Simmons demanding respect on defense to have – and who's looking, for, who's looking to, to give that ball up, too. You have Kevin Durant. Um, demanding respect on defense. You got Kyrie demanding respect. Seth Curry um, and uh, Joe Harris. T.J. Warren's going to have a lot of space, a lot of opportunities to score and knock down some shots.
0: For sure. I think the one thing with T.J. Warren that has kind of plagued him these past two seasons after the bubble is is his health. He hasn't been completely healthy for the past few seasons. So I think with more health and with obviously like Shelb said, more consistent play, I think um, that could be a good formula for success in Brooklyn. So let's move on to some trades, and then after that, Coach Curry has some ideas about coaching. So let's talk about the the one accepted trade that Audrey happened was the Nets got Royce O'Neal from Utah and the Jazz got a second round pick. And I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say this really quick and then I'll let you guys go for it. Um, I think it's a good signing for Brooklyn. Royce O'Neal is a pretty good de- perimeter defender. And they gave up very little to get him, so I think it's a, a pretty good sign for, for Brooklyn.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the things that they were lacking last season was defense, and obviously Royce O'Neal brings that to the table. And if Ben Simmons end up playing, both of them combined will bring the Nets' defense rating up pretty high.
0: We came up with a bunch of uh, mock trades for Kevin Durant, and let's just do. You, how do you guys want to proceed? This do you want me to just go down the line or something, or do you guys want to talk about each trade a little bit?
1: go down the line man you got let's let's We can pick out some of the uh, the ones that look interesting i know i know there's one on there i want to mention at least one i think yeah. you probably when it comes up we'll know which one it is yeah. yeah
0: so a lot of so as we as we've reiterated a lot of these trades are just kind of baseline trades but let's just for the for the sake of uh our fantasy let's just let's just look at them so first trade the KD would go to this philadelphia 76ers the Nets would get Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Theibel, and over at least three run, three first round picks. And the 76ers we get Kevin Durant. Next trade, The next two trades are Kevin Durant going to um, Boston. And the first trade is an interesting one. It's uh, the Celtics get Kevin Durant, and the Nets get Jason Tatum. So it's a one-for-one, one, and they probably have to add a trade exception in there for the, for the mismatched contracts, but that would be a one-for-one. One. And then the next trade would be Brooklyn gets Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard, and at least one first round pick, probably more than that, and the Celtics we get Kevin Durant. And then this next trade with Golden State, and it is, the Nets we get Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, and at least one or one to two first round picks, and the Warriors we get KD. And the, Nets, the next trade is with the Clippers, the Nets could get Paul George, Terrence Mann, Brandon Boston Jr., and at least three first round picks. Okay and then the, the clippers would yeah. get katie and then the nets could get i actually got this next trade from nick Wright himself mm-hmm. i, ca- I kind of made a a little a little um tweak to it instead of like herb jones i think maybe jose alvarado or something like that but mm-hmm. the Nets the nets could get brandon ingram larry nance jr jose alvarado and at least four first round picks because as Nick Wright always likes to say, that the the Pelicans have picks to spare with the the AD trade and the the Drew Holiday trade, so they have picks yeah. to spare, and the Pelicans could get KD. And then the next trade, I think this trade is probably the most unlikely of the trades, as I don't think LA would accept this trade. But oh, this is it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> the Nets get Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, to Horn, Tucker, and. Two first round picks and the Lakers get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. <laughs> so I'll let i you guys go for I'll, I'll start with Coach and then we can we can move to Shell, but so I'll start with you, Coach. What do you think?
1: I think the most realistic trade I think is the uh the um the, the New Orleans trade. Um I don't think they're gonna let that slide with, with replacing herb jones with jose alvarado but i think yeah. that's a great pick uh that, that helps both teams out it still gives you an established young star for for the nets and yeah. on uh the the new orleans side of it you still have you get kevin Durant. you still have to you end up with basically three all-stars we can we can include cj mccullum as an all-star for this conversation he's not an mm-hmm. all-star in that context but but for as, as far as a talent is concerned uh, he's he's, an, he's all-star. an all-star level talent yeah. And so I think that immediately makes them a contender that, that pulls Zion in, gives them some flexibility to sit out games if he needs to because you still have CJ, you still have um, Kevin Durant that immediately makes them a contender in the West. But that Lakers trade, I, I, I think that would be great. I would love seeing the dynamic of LeBron again with more floor spacing. Um, we know LeBron was trying to take some time off, you know, during the se- take some games off last year during the season. As he's getting older, he's going to be what? 37 this year. Or is he going to be 38 this year? I can't keep up. Um, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Was, either, he old either way. <laughs> um, and to have, to be able to take that pressure off. And we know that, we know that LeBron has been trying to hand the reins over somebody else. He's, he's done all that he can do. I think once he hits, he's been coasting anyway, once he hits that, that, um, Gets that gets Kareem's record. I think he's going to be ready to kind of hand the reins over and make a push for playoffs. Take some games off here and there, and I think those three. We've already we already know that Kyrie and LeBron have a good dynamic. We know LeBron plays well with floor spacers, um, yeah. and so that would just add that dynamic to the team as well. The question mark would be um, what would happen with Russell Westbrook. I don't think that you know, the Nets might take a chance on Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis went healthy. We saw what he was. Um, the last time I think he was healthy-ish before he went down in that Phoenix series. Um, and he was still a dominant force. You we saw the change it made when he went down. But with Russell Westbrook, what, what's he gonna do? I will say though, um Russell Westbrook in, in if, if though if that was the exact swap, Russell Westbrook would be back on a on a team in lineups with shooting. Mm-hmm. Um he didn't fit with LeBron on the court the whole time, but to have a lineup with Anthony Davis, Joe Harris, um, Seth Curry. Uh, you still have shooting over there. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think he would be the question mark. Would they want to take him in that $47 million contract?
2: Um, Just like a, like an overview about all the trades, all of them, I think they add a big defensive aspect to the nets. If Mm -hmm. any of these were to actually happen, I think they also bring some offense too, which would somewhat fill the gap of KD not being there, but obviously nothing's going to completely fill that gap because it's Kevin Durant. But, uh, Obviously the trade that stands out is the Nets Lakers trade where superstars both of them go to Lakers. I think it'd be it definitely shake the league up for sure. I think it'd be fun to watch but I just I don't know. Can you imagine though a
1: Nets Lakers finals if they made that <laughs> trade? First of all, they if they made that trade, Christmas Day is going to be Nets Lakers wouldn't surprise me if they changed opening night to beat Nets-Lakers. I don't think they could change opening night at this point. Maybe. I don't know how that works. But a Nets-Lakers finals after making that trade, I don't know that that Nets team will be able to beat some of the other big teams in the East, but, oh, man. That would be... It would be crazy. Yeah, real quick, I just want to...
0: If I'm the Brooklyn Nets organization and I have to trade Kevin Durant, I think, and the Warriors... I am. If the Warriors offer me this trade for Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody, and a first round pick, I think I will take that deal because you get three or you get four young players. Andrew Wiggins is now just entering his prime. Four young players and a first round pick, and they're all offensively. They're. I think Jonathan Kumiga has superstar potential. He's not a superstar yet, but I think his potential to be a superstar. Jordan Poole is one. Is going to be one of the best shooters and one of the best shot creators in the league. And Moses Moody. He's going to be a really good combo guard who can score and defend at a really high level. And Andrew Wiggins, we've seen what he did in the finals. So I think that, is, that combination with all their their youth is a really good thing for the future, building towards the future. So if I'm Brooklyn, I'm, I'm doing that trade and then moving Kyrie maybe to uh, LA for Russell Westbrook for that veteran leadership or to Kyrie to a team for more veteran leadership or more young assets. So I think if, if I'm personally, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm doing that trade. Either that or... The one for one for Jason Tatum, you get pretty much a younger, younger, less refined KD, but a younger kind of KD kind of mold type of player. And nonetheless, those are the two trades I'm doing if I'm Brooklyn coach, coach, you had some coaching decisions and some coaching suggestions you wanted to make for Brooklyn. So let's, let's move on to that.
1: Yeah, because that was the second scenario. Either they're going to trade Kevin Durant or based on Kevin Durant's ultimatum, you know, they're going to you know, make some decisions on the coaching staff, some new decisions. So um, I got picked three options. These are my coaching free agents, I guess. Um, three options for uh, the Nets coaching staff this year, head coaches. Uh, one is Frank Vogel. I know he was an easy target. He's an easy, he's an easy target right now. He was made the scapegoat go with the Lakers uh, debacle last year. Um, Frank Vogel is not a bad coach. Uh, we saw what he did in Indiana um that was his first time as a head coach too and he had them uh, uh 7 of the teams he's coached like 7 years out of his um coaching tenure and it hasn't been that long um cuz his first team was with the Pacers uh 7 of those years his teams were in the top uh 10 of defensive rating in the league 3 of those years they were first place two of those years, two other years they were third place so that's uh you know half the years he was half his years he's been in uh, that top 5 in defensive ratings his teams are always good on defense on uh, defense the Lakers, a couple years ago, he was they, they won the championship. You know, everybody says that, well, it was the bubble. But before that, they were first place in the West. They were third in defensive rating in the entire league. The year after that, they were first in defensive rating. So it wasn't just the bubble. It was Frank Vogel. Um, you know, coaching his tail off defensively with that team. Obviously, LeBron helped in that, but <laughs> I think with this team having the talent that it has, they're going to need a defensive presence. Ben Simmons helps with that. Nick Claxton still back there protecting the rim. But to have a coach who can come and steal those defensive um, fundamentals or defensive uh, strategies, I guess, or schemes for the team, I think that would uh, that would be great for them. He think he would fit there. And now that he's probably he's he's coached superstars. Obviously, coach LeBron. Uh, He was instrumental in Paul George becoming the player that he was. He put the ball in Paul George's hands when Paul George averaged six points a game uh, the year prior. And look what Paul George turned into. Um, Another one. This is probably my the the most realistic pick, I think, Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni, who was actually on this team and assistant coach. So he knows the guys um, probably knows a little too much about that, about that organization. But I think Mike D'Antoni, his track record. Um, is one of a great offensive coach. Specifically, we saw what he is to offense, or what Frank Vogel is to defense, Mike Antonio is to offense. Um, he's known for the seven-second or less uh, transition offense. Uh, back in Houston, they got a lot of threes. I think he was instrumental in getting the most out of James Harden. We've seen him get the most out of players like uh, Jeremy Lin. Uh, we've seen players like Daniel House, who have had been instrumental in that have been making big shots and have their teams going big runs players who aren't really household names um and I think a core of Ben Simmons Kyrie KD will be able to push the pace um a guy like Ben Simmons will be great in the pick and roll and have guys to kick it out to or get to the rim um and then Sam Cassell I think is that's my third guy Sam Cassell uh he hasn't been a head coach in the league yet but he has been a, an assistant coach since 2009 uh, right now, he's an assistant with Doc Rivers. He's like Doc Rivers' protege. He was with him when he was in L.A. coaching, and now he's back with him in Philly. Uh, he was a three-time champion as a player, uh, so he's been there. He was an all-NBA guy. He was an all-star, um, so he's got that. He might have that respect from his uh, from his players. Um, and we, there was a clip that went viral of a month or two ago of him working out with James Harden. He looks like he has respect to players. Like he's not taking any stuff from his players. Um, I'm not sure about the relationship he might have with Ben Simmons because he was on that, 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 uh, Sixers coaching staff and all that went down. That would be my only question mark. And also, can he, as a first time coach come in and be ready to coach a championship? or bust team, or maybe even if not bust a championship, a team with championship aspirations. I will say that the league has kind of been trending though in the last decade or so toward first-time head coaches going in to these teams with expectations. We saw Steve Kerr. Uh that team, uh I know Steve Kerr gets credited for a lot of their success Golden State, but uh Mark Jackson set them on that path and 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 they hired Steve Kerr to a team that had championship expectations and he took them to Five straight finals. Nick Nurse won as a first year head coach. Um, We saw uh, uh, the Cavs hire David Blatt for LeBron's first year back in Cleveland. And then David Blatt, then uh, once he was gone, hired another first year coach in Tyler, Mm -hmm. who then won a championship. We see Darvin Ham this year coming to Los Angeles, who always are going to have championship aspirations when LeBron is there. And even right now with the Nets, Steve Nash was a first year head coach, first year coach of anything. He's never an assistant or anything. Uh, With Brooklyn a team that had championship aspirations so that the league is trending towards hiring first-time head coaches So those are my three. Um, I would love Sam Cassell to get a shot, but I think Mike D'Antoni would work best for that team
0: Yeah, personally, I kind of like the Frank Vogel Kind of kind of direction because they need defense and they need that defensive presence And I think Frank Vogel (laughs) is strong in the locker room and he definitely commands the respect of his players So I think going that defensive direction obviously you have Kyrie, KD, TJ Warren, all these offensive players, and just designing plays for them. Your KD, their talent kind of overcomes any like kind of offensive play play calling lapses as we saw last year. They just yes. ha- had a bunch of ISO plays. So I think focusing more on the defensive end would definitely make them a, a more well rounded team and a, a better championship team. But I can okay. see D'Antoni's transition offense and his offensive uh, mastermind kind of kind of playing in that. All right, so. That kind of just about does it for the Brooklyn episode. This is a this was a rush hour episode, as we've seen as we've seen with the big headlines all going around. And we definitely wanted to get Shelb on because we knew he was a great basketball mind, and we wanted to see how he did in front of the camera. So, and Shelb, you did not disappoint. You were great tonight. You might you might have been better than Fred. I I, I dare to say that. I appreciate that.
1: that. Might have been. Might have been better. Than
0: Fred. Might have been. I I can't disrespect <laughs> him like that. That no not when not when he's here. <laughs> No, it's not here. No, it's not here. Let me shout out the gram really quick. Go to the Pick and Roll Podcast underscore on Instagram. Follow that. And yeah, that's a wrap.